Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, I'm Josh Weller. And I am Alfie Brown. And this is Dirty Air. Before we start the show, I just want to take a minute to tell you all to subscribe, download, comment, everything that you can do to make the show rise up the charts so that people see our show and go, oh, let's give them lots of money. Please do that right now. Thank you very much. I very nearly bought you a Nicholas Latifi shirt this week. Oh, thanks, man. Because I was thinking of how much Formula One drivers love to merchandise themselves. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to buy some Latifi merch to support the underdog. He probably needs the financial help. Mm -hmm. I reckon if you buy 10 Nicholas Latifi shirts, that probably covers the cost of one square inch of damage on his car per week. Right. (laughs) So I went on Nicholas Latifi's website. Uh, I think it's called Nicholas Latifi F1 Driver. Like it's something weird. Like Nicholas Latifi's already taken, so he's even, (laughs) even, even Nicholas Latifi himself doesn't have the domain name (laughs) NicholasLatifi.com. And I tried to buy you some merch as a little present, but That's it's, very it's sweet. too expensive. It's too expensive. It's not. It's not worth the money. Well, I'm. I'm just. I'm amazed that you managed to access it. I'm. I'm surprised the website didn't crash. Uh, this week was a non-race week, so as we build up to the Emiliano Romano Imola Grand Prix, where hopefully we'll see some more uh, fighting between uh, Bottas and Russell. Uh, this week we're going to just very quickly catch up on this week's Formula One news. Number one in this week's Formula One news is um, there's currently a lawsuit from the Miami Gardens Retirement Residence Center who are looking to block the staging of the Miami Grand Prix. The lawsuit says that noise levels will disrupt severely and cause physical harm to the residents of the Miami Garden Retirement Residence Center. So um, this week we will find out if the Miami Grand Prix, the first Miami Grand Prix, um, will be even staged because a lot of old people are trying to block it. Alfie, your immediate thoughts on this? I just wish they wouldn't like tell us that it's going to cause them physical harm. Like I understand like where you're coming from. You don't want the Miami Grand Prix nearby. Just don't. You don't need to lie to us. Just say the residents <laughs> of the thing like are, are worried it's going to be a drag. It's going to be a really big drag, and it's annoying, and like there are loads of going to be really annoying people around, and I hate it. Just say that, and then we'll go, ah, oh, okay. Don't tell me it's going to cause you physical harm. Now, now, that's going to cause you physical harm, is it? Surely they could just all go, I mean, I know I'm being, you know, obviously they're old, so they probably can't, but they could like bunk up and rent out a bunch of rooms to Formula One fans and make a, a swish dollar. And get a new, get some new stuff in the home, like yeah. Edinburgh Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Price gouge the old you people's know? home. Yeah, 
Right. That's a really good idea. I really hope it doesn't happen. I really hope they block the Miami Grand Prix purely because I think this story sounds like one of those, you know, like those British films like Calendar Girls or something like that, <laughs> where like a small... <laughs> Like a small town does something that change. I just think it's really funny if a resident's home manages to stop this multi-billion-dollar race from happening. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, like the full Monty. Like they they finally yeah. they finally make a difference. These 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 uh, brave old people uh, clubbing together to put pay to the FIA juggernaut. Also, I totally get it. Like, I'm in my 30s and I hate my neighbours who are in their 20s. So if I was in my 70s plus, I completely understand. I I don't want there to be a Grand Prix for them, you know? Have you seen the layout of the track? Yeah. I think it looks quite good. This is the thing with these modern circuits. And we'll we'll get to the next story because the next story in in Formula One news this week is, is to do with an old circuit. But these new circuits are, you know, this is why you know, Marvel makes such effective movies is because they've watched all the other films and gone, okay, copy this, copy that, do this, do that. This is how you make a good action scene. This is how you make a good dramatic moment. This is how you land a good joke. And Formula One circuits now, they're doing just that. They know exactly how to make a good track. They've seen those those um, Nürburgring corners. I nearly said Nuremberg, very different. Uh, but they've seen those <laughs> Nürburgring corners. They've se- you know, they've seen the Tokyo Grand Prix. They've seen these, these incredible tracks. They know what people like. We like a night race. We like like a street circuit you know they it's been think tank to to hell and back although i will say with the miami grand prix apparently the they've built like a yacht marina so billionaires can put their yachts in but the way that they've built it is that the yachts will all be facing the wrong way <laughs> they uh they they didn't get that with um like saudi arabia i don't think it's particularly good the Jeddah circuit despite the fact that it's new um and those i mean it was pretty good last year that was a good race last year Ooh. Yeah, I get. I mean, it just isn't. It's not practical. It doesn't kind of create. It creates drama, but not a good race. If you know what I mean. It's interesting to see how American fans are really starting to connect with F one, and it is quite mind blowing that there's only one. America is is um, quite a big country. That's true, actually. It's it's very large. Mm, Um, I agree. (laughs) It's very interesting to me that uh, now that there's there's going to be three races next year. And I, I wonder how that will keep increasing against the older, more archaic, historic, legendary circuits, which leads me to my next point in Formula One news, which is that Monaco's contract is up at the end of the year. Now, Monaco uh, was such a popular race that up until Liberty Media overtook, uh, up until Liberty Media uh, started controlling Formula One 10 years ago, or however, however long ago it was, um, Monaco didn't have to pay a fee to host the race because it was considered such an incredible circuit. It was this, you know, they keep calling it the jewel in the Formula One calendar or whatever. Mm. Um, the jewel in the Formula One crown or whatever. Yeah, I hate that. It just says that it's about the glamour, not the racing. And controversial point, I don't think they should race there anymore. It's a stupid circuit. You can't overtake. It's a boring race. The cars are just too wide for those narrow street circuits now. And I think they should just call it, they should go, all right, look, we're done in Monaco. We can move it. We can move it somewhere else in France, another street circuit. But just to have it there because you can go and look at a Kardashian. I I just, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, look, this is Tom Hardy's there and he's throwing a, a ball. I just do care. Just, I don't, it's a boring race. 
Uh, yeah, I agree oh, with you. Oh, look, it's Christina Aguilera is waving the flag. I don't care. Just give me a good race, F1. I would be happy to uh, see uh, Formula One take a leaf out of Radiohead's book and uh, go for a, a street circuit fade out. And um, uh, I'm I'm not particularly sold on those. <laughs> on there, or is it Baku as well? <laughs> that, that was such a niche joke. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I, I missed, I missed my earlier opportunity to uh, uh, to get a joke in, so I, I, I've decided to take that I, one. Um, as, but Baku's not uh, my, uh, you know, doesn't really. Uh, you still laughing at that lovely, lovely, quite shit joke? Sorry, keep going. Sorry, it was really funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like uh, Monaco, and I'm not so keen on Baku. But the thing is that people are so wedded, and it's more than being wedded to like keeping people with low. If you keep people with loads of money interested in Formula One, then you get to sell shit to them. And if you keep like uh, Tom Hardy throwing a ball <laughs> as part of the Formula One calendar and, uh, you know, looking at Kim Kardashian and, you know, Gordon Ramsay shouting at people. It's, then you get to sell people like that expensive stuff. It, it uh, As well as the importance of and, and how incredibly reluctant people involved in any sport are to change it in any way that breaks with what their perception of its traditional values are. I mean, also in terms of like just anyone anywhere, like traditional values are just the most important thing in the world. It just will never, ever leave the Formula One circuit, despite the fact that it should, because we like watching racing, not like watching, you know, this mad tax paradise whatever it is when you made that radiohead joke i thought you were going to say that they should start uh asking fans to pay what they want like a radiohead album because <laughs> if i could pay what i want i would love it if after every race formula one went just pay what you want how much did you think that race was worth keep supporting live formula one that i mean that's a really good idea and more so than making races exciting and then if all of the formula one drivers and teams got paid out of a pot based on how exciting the race was <laughs> surely we, yeah, exactly. we surely we would not be racing at monaco anymore if that was the case final point in this week's formula one news uh, do you think that lewis hamilton should be made to take off the jewelry what fia have said that drivers can no longer wear any jewelry while they race and lewis hamilton has said i can't i'm not taking off my jewelry and they've gone take off your jewelry and lewis has gone i'm not taking off and there's a bit of a a, a bling standoff the bling standoff between the FIA and seven-time Formula One world champion Lewis Hamilton as to whether or not he should remove his bling. Alfie, your thoughts on this? Oh, my God. Um, my first thoughts are a pure exhaustion in anticipation of how this particular debate is going to enliven and embolden the worst people in the world. Like, anybody who gives a shit about... The, uh, people are going to want him to take <laughs> off his uh, jewellery for the wrong reasons. It's like one of those things where you can get away with hating a black guy, but, like, you can hide it behind, like, oh, why doesn't he just do what he's told? It's like... And exactly. it's going to be so incredibly boring for everybody to have to hear uh, those people think, talk, breathe, etc. Um... I couldn't. Uh, I mean, if I'd, also, it's like one of those things that I don't understand the reasoning for it. If the FIA have said they need to take off the jewelry because it's a uh, safety issue, you're putting yourself in danger because, you know, hot metal. I, fuck, fuck knows. I mean, if it's just because we, we hate, like, we you have to take off the jewelry because I hate you, 
and like for some arbitrary reason. But, you know, it's very hard to pass comment without knowing what the actual reasons are. What are the reasons? Do you know them, Joshua? Yeah, it's it's it, they're, they're claiming safety. I get that they're trying to make the, the sport as safe as possible. And I understand that jewellery. Yeah, of course, if you crash and there's that you're there's an increased chance because of your nose ring that in a freak situation that might cause harm. I understand. I But it does seem like they're pointing that directly at Lewis Hamilton. And obviously he is a driver who wears the most jewellery. But at the same time, it seems like... <laughs> Sorry, you're... The way, the way you say jewellery is really uh, tickling. Jewellery. How do you say it? Jewellery. Jewellery. I say jewellery. I know. I know. I can hear that. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. <laughs> it's spelled jewellery. I know. You're probably right. It was just, it's like when you, you just yeah. said the word a lot of times and uh, it was repeating on me and I was really enjoying it. Thank you. Jewellery. It's, it's, it is including his nose ring. Yeah. That's so weird. You've taken your nose ring out. Yeah. Um, all my jewellery's gone. No earrings. Do you, even, you don't have an earring anymore, do you? I do, yeah. I have an earring in my left what? ear. You mid- you got to, you've got to get rid of it. You've got to get rid of it. Uh, yeah, I've it's, had it in there for... You're in, your, you're in your mid-30s. You can't. You're a dad. You can't. If you keep having an earring, soon you'll be queuing at Supreme. Um... It's, <laughs> <laughs> so Lewis Hamilton is also in his well he's in his late 30s now you could argue so do you think he should take off his jewellery Lewis Hamilton yeah. should take the jewellery out because he's yeah, yeah. 37 years old that's why he should take the jewellery out not because he should start wearing cardigans I love that he goes skydiving but come on mate like there's a t- you're not 21 years old anymore I felt like Lewis Hamilton he did 10 skydives after the last Grand Prix purely to show George Russell Russell that he wasn't an old uh, man yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. that's, that's what so a little good. bit what those that's skydives so felt good. like that's very very perceptive I love that yeah come on little boy I'll show you how to be wild <laughs> let's get into the Emiliano Romano Imola Formula One 2022 Grand Prix preview. It's so long. These race titles. What? Why has every race got the most insane length title? <laughs> why is, do they do it? Uh, what is it again? The Autodromo Internazionale Enzo e Dino Ferrari, better known as Imola. <laughs> Tenth place in the Constructors' Championship so far with zero points. Aston Martin. Interesting fact about Aston Martin. The age gap between Lawrence Stroll's uh, wife... Um, and Lawrence Stroll is uh, 26 years, which is the same age as Nicholas Latifi, Pierre Gasly, and Carlos Sainz. Oh my God. Oh my God. I mean, this just must be a nightmare for Lance. Like, imagine that. Your stepmom is like a similarly aged hot woman. I bet. I mean, he finishes <laughs> every time thinking about her. That's all. That, I mean. Oh my god, it's like a nightmare. It's like being in a nightmare. Lawrence Strolls, he's 62 years old. At 9pm, he's off to bed. And then it's just Lance Stroll and his stepmom, who is who is 10 years older than him. And they're just sat by the pool and she's like, mm, do you want another single malt? Oh my god. I bet she like she, ta- she takes off her shirt, so she's just like, oh, it needs ironing. And then irons it in her bra. <laughs> And doesn't make eye contact yeah. once with uh, Lance Stroll, but like can feel him looking at her and is is pleased. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When she gets out the Kingsmill crumpets from the uh, bottom cabinet in the morning, <laughs> she's uh, wearing her nighty. <laughs> what do you talk about when there's a twenty-six year age gap or a thirty-year age gap between you and your wife? Because like the, everything's different. The, he, he, when he grew up, 
the computer game didn't exist. She grew up playing Goldeneye. People level that criticism a lot at kind of couples with age gaps. But I think there must be a lot more to talk about. Like for me and my 35-year-old me and my 35-year-old girlfriend, I go, do you remember this from when we were growing up? And she goes, yeah. And I go, oh, that's the end of that then. Whereas like for, <laughs> for Lawrence, he can go, hey, you know, in the 80s, we used to wear... Like this sort of thing, and uh, and and the, and and Burger, this was this was what Burger King's menu was like, and she'll go, oh, what? Really? Tell me everything about that. That's amazing. You know, there's loads of conversation <laughs> to be had. He can tell her. All, there's there's so many decades that he can tell her about that she doesn't know about. Um, Seb Vettel, there is no man on earth who is clocking into their job more uh, than. <laughs> than Seb Sebastian Vettel at the moment. He's just there. It's his job now. And he's just getting on with it, isn't he? He's just showing up. He drives slowly to work every day and drives quickly home. He's got that old style, like, uh, time card that he, like, punches in when he gets into SM. And then, and then as soon as he does it, he sighs. He goes, another day. God, I just, come on, Seb. Seb, for me. Just for me, just just win one more championship, please. It would be interesting to investigate the alchemy of his descent into where he currently is. I I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast, the kind of mental effect of what it must be like. Uh, yes, I was talking about it with regards to Hamilton. To be the best in the world, to be one of the great, the, not just one of the best in the world at that current moment, but like regarded as, you know, one of the greats. He was one of the greats and now he has a shit car. And having a shit car is affecting him psychologically more than it's affecting Lance Stroll. Because Lance Stroll is just mm-hmm. happy to be there. He's a happy, good-looking scamp who's, you know, fancies his stepmom. Little Thunderbird. So, a little a little Thunderbird. Not quite as Thunderbirdy as Carlos, but a little Thunderbird nonetheless. And uh, Seb is going, what is the point of doing this if it's not if it's not to win like what the fuck is going on if it's not if it's if mm-hmm. it's not if it's not for winning a championship then why are we all here uh and i have yeah. a lot of sympathy for that uh, but um it would be it, it would be interesting to know if time has caught up to him at all if he maybe doesn't keep himself in the same sort of shape as you know uh, drivers who have aged better you know drivers timing starts to go reaction speed starts to go it just you know you you, you age uh something that hasn't happened to hamilton yet but I, I wonder if maybe that's a part of what it is for um seb i don't think it is i i mean i don't, he's not that old he's younger than us you know and I, I think he just can't handle that car because it's terribly built by Mike Crack and his team. Um, his crack team. Very much not a crack team, Mike Crack's team. Not a crack team. Seb Vettel is younger than us. Yes, it's mad, isn't it? That's insane. Yeah, I think Britney Spears is younger than us. No, she's not, you nincompoop. Ninth place with points last week, the gorgeous boys. The Gorgeous Boys. It's Alex Albon and Nicholas Latifi. I think they're bringing some upgrades to the next race. I want to quickly run by uh, um, <laughs> Nicholas Latifi. Some upgrades, that'll help. Nicholas Latifi, uh, okay, he posted an Instagram story this week. I'm going to tell you one of three things that it, wa- that it was, and I want you to tell me which one it was. So in between race week, did Nicholas Latifi post an Instagram story of, number one, a bowl of hot wings. Number two, that he'd watched all three hangovers. 
over the course of the weekend? <laughs> or was it a new pair of New Balance trainers? If it's that he did, if it's not that he watched all three Hangovers, then I'd like to congratulate you on the fact that that's a very funny thing to have made up. And <laughs> I actually think it probably is quite a funny thing to have made up, and that it is the New Balance trainers. It's actually a trick question. He didn't post any of those things. I just think Nicholas Latifi did all of those things in the last two weeks. <laughs> I think New Balance have gotten cool. I think maybe he has like an Asics uh, contract or like Brooks trainers. Oh, what's that one in the 90s that sketches? Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Latifi's got Latifi's got love for his shoes, K-Swiss. He's got K-Swiss shoes. (laughs) What do you feel about the there's lots of sort of revisionism around George Russell going on? given that Alex Albon has, you know, taken those hard tyres out for a drive and then some, managed to get points in his second ever race for Williams. Now, there's lots of extenuating circumstances around this, one of which could be that Williams have a better car than they did uh, last year, that a lot of the other cars have gotten worse, that... Uh, Albon's in a different position to what George Russell was in, so it's now no, it's now no longer as hard to get points for Williams as it once was. Or is Alex Albon a very underrated and exciting driver? And was all this kind of hubbub about uh, George Russell getting points for Williams? Oh my God, how amazing! Even if the context was literally, I think every other car had crashed. That's a good question. I think that it's. You can't really ask the question like that. Like like you said, I think that the Williams car has improved greatly. And I think a lot of that's down to George Russell's understanding and teamwork and development in the team while he was there. I think that Alex Albon, all of these drivers are fantastic. You know, we take the piss out of them, but they're all, they are the 20 best race car drivers in the world. Um, 19 and and Latifi. I don't think it's revisionist. I think that George did really well. I don't think the car was as good. Um, but I do think that Alex Albon finishing that race in he would have finished that race in seventh or eighth without having a tire change, and it was only regulations that caused him to to finish in tenth, which is still pretty amazing. Um, I think that he's a very good driver. I think that everyone seems to come out of um, you know when you're in a really uh, bad relationship, you know everyone everyone's dated one crazy person, right? Everybody, uh, you know, everyone who gets one, you know, and you get to step out of that crazy relationship with that abusive partner, and only afterwards do you go, oh, oh my god, they were such a dick. Wow, I can't believe I went out with that person for two years. I ca- came out of that. I had all my clothes got burnt. I didn't have an apartment, and you know, I lost all of my friends, and you know, she uh, she shaved all my cats and. <laughs> Or whatever it is. I feel like Christian Horner is that. Yeah. I feel like Pierre Gasly and, and Albon have stepped out of that and gone, oh my, whew, whew. And, I, and I actually think it's, it, there's a freedom in Albon racing for Williams, I think. And that's why he's performing so well, because of the, the lack of pressure. I do remember there were moments for Albon. I think, wasn't it consecutive races or consecutive... It very close together. It was definitely in the same season. Albon was kicking on brilliantly for Red Bull. And... Uh, Lewis clipped him twice, fucked his race, and he ended up finishing either at the back of the pack or DNFing. I can't remember, uh, but yeah. I think it was the back of the pack. Um, uh, and his journey through those races was so incredibly exciting and so mm-hmm. 
um, and, 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 and and he looks like a really exciting driver. I remember that. Fearless and uh, um, a, a lot of kind of courage and a lot of pace. So um, I, th- I think his failure at Red Bull, the fact that he kind of slid away, um, makes us sort of forget how highly regarded he was at that one time. In eighth place, Alpha Tauri with 10 points, Tsunoda and Gasly. Um, I feel like much to the uh, the kudos of the season this year, they're just another well-performing uh, midfield team this year. I think they've been doing great. I think Emiliano Romano, um, Imola, hopefully this will be a track that really suits Gasly's style of driving. And I think that he could finish in about sixth is my guess. Uh, Gasly, again, uh, in terms of the, the churning of the Red Bull number two seat uh, driver and the, the, the their, 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 their rising from the ashes. I mean, it's almost what happened to Gasly was more humiliating. Oh, yeah. He's still not over that. But he's in a better car now than, you know, Albon is. And I think that probably makes it a lot easier. And he's built a team. He's he's he, you know, that team is 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 kind of built around him. And I think he's doing an amazing job. And I, I just hope he stays there. And, you know, he's still like, he's like 20 something. He's early 20s. I hope he keeps con- to, to continue to build that team and make them faster and, and you know, not have to be that guy that lives in the shadow of, of, of Horner's, you know, um, rage dick. Well, he's sort of, he's, he is, <laughs> he is, he's still in the shadow of Horner's rage dick, isn't he? Just kind of a, 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 in 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 the further extremes of the shadow than he once was. Seventh place, Gene Hayes. It's Gene Hayes's team with twelve points. Mick Schumacher and Kevin Magnussen. Hayes. Um, a lot of controversy after last week's race, where uh, Mick Schumacher nearly rear-ended Sonoda because the safety car, as Max Verstappen put it, was going slower than a turtle. Um, I, I found that the fact that he said turtle really <laughs> funny. It's. Just, I feel like he said that like I got a lot of I got a lot of his childhood in the, like yeah. something about the fact that he was I, I saw an image of Max Verstappen with a coloring book and he got he'd gone outside the lines he colored it in outside the lines and his dad got very angry because he because he obviously meant to say tortoise yeah like it's not the story of the turtle and the hair I very much enjoyed um Gunther Steiner last week in the post-race interview talking about how many points they had and the fact that they hadn't performed so well in the two races, you know, uh, uh, against the first race. And uh, Gunther Steiner went, we had to share the number of points because last year, you know, for two points, I would have fucked the whole paddock. (laughs) That is... You can't help but love him. You cannot help but love him. He He is the sports good guy. He is truly... He is something that you can get behind. There's such a kind of humble uh, a, a, and a human energy to him that, uh, yeah, he's in, he's incredibly likable and funny, and I adore him. I really think that people should start petitioning for Gunter Steiner to narrate children's books on Audible. What would be your choice for him to narrate? I'd like to hear him say uh, "The Little Red Riding Hood," but I'd also like to hear him say "Al Hach and Al Pach and Al Blow Your Hash Down." I'd quite like him to do if you could. Uh, for me to deliver the line uh, is there room on the broom for a dog like me is there is there room on the broom <laughs> is there room on the broom for a dog like me <laughs> yes you have a gift and also the kevin magnuson tale of uh, of of him now coming good you know the car's slightly better he's you know he was flushed down the toilet for an oligarch son and now 
And now he's back like a phoenix from the ashes. And you just want it to come good for him every week. He's one of those drivers that every single week you look for him in the rankings. Like, where's he coming? Urging him on to do well, I find. Sixth, Alfa Romeo Ferrari. It's time for Smacky Baba. 13 points, which is, you know... It's wonderful for Bottas. It must be, you know, uh, not a bitter pill, but a pill to swallow that that's, you know, he would have hauled double those points in one race last season. And now we're, you know, we're a couple down and uh, he's, um, you know, he's got the team has 13 points. I think Joe Guan Yu finishing, he, he's finished 10th, 11th and 11th. And I really think that all the drama around, you know, Ferrari kicking ass again, Max, um, you know, DNFing as much as he has, Perez Garfunkeling and and, and signs Garfunkeling as hard as they are. I think that Zhou Guanyu's performance has been a little bit lost in the ether. Like, I can't think of a driver who's started F1 and has consistently um, finished right in the middle of the pack for quite a while. I think he's doing an amazing job. He is. He's putting on a Zhou, but nobody's watching. Ayo! I completely agree with that. Like, that's... Uh, but there's so much... I mean, it, a lot of it has down uh, to go... Uh, is, is down to the race direction and because the race direction is the amazing thing about Formula 1 because there's too much of it to watch at once you can't watch it all uh, the, it's almost the race directors and the, the, the way that they programme uh, what happens and what they talk about is, is they build narratives themselves they are the ones who tell the story of the race uh, and the story of uh, what's happening with uh, Joe at the moment isn't really getting told because it's impressive but not remarkable. And there's more people having mm. more interesting failures and and victories than I, th- I suppose he is. Uh, but I think the longer this continues, the more we're going to hear his name. I hope for Bottas's sake, although he seems to just be f- f- loving his life. He's buff. Right. He's he's going out with that professional cyclist and every he keeps posting pictures of him on a bike. And I would love to go out with a cyclist. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were going to say you'd love to go out with Bottas. And I was about to agree. I'd love to go on a date with Valtteri Bottas. He's like that work colleague that asks you out and you're like, yeah, OK. And then on the date, you're like, oh, my God, I really wish I fancied you. I really <laughs> wish I fancied you. Because he ticks every box. He, he, he's the kind of guy that would go out and get you berries in the morning and he make put it in the compot and then and he's got coffee, tells you all about the grind and all the time you're just in your head I going, know. why don't I want to fuck you? Yeah, you'd be why? just you'd be sat across from him in a really nice restaurant that he'd chosen that he knew and you'd just be staring, burning a hole in his head, thinking, oh my God, I really wish you'd say something interesting. I really wish you'd say something interesting. Why won't but you everything say he's saying is nice. It's nice. It's all nice. He's ah, oh, but it's not interesting. <laughs> God yeah. bless Valtteri Bottas. God bless uh, Valtteri Bottas. Fifth and fourth, respectively. Alpine and McLaren, twenty-two points, twenty-four points. Uh, um, Ocon, Alonso, Ricardo, and Norris. In a nutshell, not much to report. Let's hope they get some upgrades. Let's hope they fix their porpoising. This is for both teams. Uh, let's hope they fix a lot of the disgusting colours surrounding the, the cars and the wheelbases, again, for both teams. Uh, I think both teams as well are connected, which is that both drivers are working together, but actually not really liking each other that much. I'm interested in the uh, the journey, the Alpine, Alpine, Macopine, Promopine, I feel like it's going to be really <laughs> interesting because obviously they have all very big fans of Spinal Tap in the Alpine garage and therefore have just their tactic for the season seems to have been well let's see what happens if we turn the car up to 11 
and <laughs> it's like it's really good everybody's going oh my god oh my god what a fast car and then it explodes and they go oh no <laughs> And, and likewise, similar similar to turning things up to 11 and things blowing up is Red Bull in third place as well. Uh, 55 points. Uh, Max has now had um, a two out of three DNFs. I mean, I shudder to think how he spent the Easter weekend. Um, but Hurting animals. <laughs> <laughs> Max Verstappen seems like the kind of kid who uh, had a catapult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know and a magnifying glass kept them in the same drawer he would burn ants after school wouldn't he uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out the the orange army because you said last week you know their blind support for max verstappen and axis i was trying to figure out the support of the of why the dutch army love him so much because he he won that championship in very contentious circumstances he's obviously one of the best drivers you know, certainly on the grid at the moment, a moment, and, and and maybe of all time. You know, time will tell. But the their blind support of him, and I was thinking about it, and then I started thinking about what good things have come out of Dutch culture, and then I immediately realised why they love Max Verstappen. Could you not think of anything? Apple pie, daffodils, Rud Rudhullet, Rudhullet, and Frank Van Gogh. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? I went to the, the uh, I don't know why I've always found this funny. I went to Anne Frank's house, which is now a museum. Yeah. And um, and the Wi-Fi name was Anne Frank Museum while I was in there. <laughs> I found that really funny. Yeah. Like, I just found like, it. They haven't changed it since she moved out. That's really why. Look, the Dutch Army, I get it. He's a great driver, but that's why you love him, isn't it? That's why you bloody love Max. It's because you've got nothing else going on. <laughs> See, that's why it's easy to, to dislike Lewis Hamilton, because there's about, fuck, there's like three other British drivers on the grid. If you don't like him, pick another. But there's not going to be another Dutch Formula One world champion anytime soon. I think this is a, something where I, I'm always, always completely perplexed and sort of, I find it completely, like in boxing or tennis or any sort of individual sport where people compete as individuals, I find the idea of like supporting the one who is the same nation as you completely baffling i can mm. understand it in team sport because the team sport represents a greater identity and the team represents the the, the the identity of the way that the team coalesces and works together is the same as the way that like uh you know the, the nation spirit sort of exists whereas with individual sports i just couldn't give a shit where any of them are from i like who has the best story i like who has the best personality and it, i just don't understand uh the kind of national thing uh second place uh 65 points mercedes george russell lewis hamilton everyone's just everyone's just got their theater binoculars out they put 20p in the slot and they sat there watching the stage with their little theater binoculars waiting for the moment that everything between hamilton and russell cracks and they stop pretending they're best friends and they just start fighting <laughs> uh it's gonna be a really good moment uh it's and it's you're just how long can this carry on and it's and it, and it can carry on essentially for as long as like they aren't as long as they don't have to race against each other really that much everything can remain the the tipping point is going to be when russell finishes ahead of hamilton i think once we see team orders 
for Lewis not to overtake Russell. Uh, I think that will be a monumental moment in Lewis Hamilton's Formula One career because I think... I think it's coming. I don't think the team is going, let's stop looking, like, let's stop favoring Lewis. He's the number one driver. He's a seven time world champion. But I just think circumstance will present itself potentially this season where the Constructors' Championship is more of a realistic option than a personal win and they have to fight as a team. And Lewis might have more points in a few races. And I think a time will come where they will, they, where they will tell Lewis not to overtake Russell. And I think that will be. I can't wait for it. I, I I think in terms of drama and huge moments and things that like we talk about in 15 years time, it's going to be absolutely enormous. And you're absolutely right. That's going to be such a good, that's exactly when it is. And yeah, you've nailed it. Well done. 104 points. First place, Ferrari. Oh my God. I am so excited about the actual realistic prospect of Ferrari winning an Italian Grand Prix in a, in a they might get first and second if Carlos stops Garfunkeling and I can't wait and also I love see one see everyone complains about COVID everyone does sure bad things happen but we did get Imola on the race calendar for the next five years right so COVID kind of worth it <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm very excited to see this race I think it's I think Charles is just a man on fire like the guy is just He's he's levitating above every other driver. And I think Sainz is starting to crumble. And I think that's making for really interesting watching. Uh, yeah. And I think actually if if they iron out the problems with Carlos, I don't think that the problems with Carlos are inherent in either him or the car. I don't think we're going to mm-hmm. see him uh, continue on that streak. I mean, I'd, 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 I'd argue that I, I imagine that Max has a greater chance of DNFing in like the next three or four races, uh, you know, I would, I would put money on him DNFing more than um, uh, Carlos. I don't think that their problems are as inherent in the car in the build-up because obviously they've got um, Charles, who's 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 making it all. It's like he's uh, you know Neo at the end of the Matrix. He's seeing everything in numbers now. <laughs> uh, that's it for our Formula One Emiliano Romano preview. Uh, let's read out a couple of questions uh, from our listeners that you, they, everyone sends us in. Please keep sending us questions um, on our Instagram at Very Dirty Air and at Very Dirty Air on the Twitter. One one JH four four. What team do you miss seeing? For me, it's either Jaguar or Jordan. Uh, Benetton because it's a clothes brand. Oh, yeah. Like it's it's kind of crap. It's like imagine if there was a Uniqlo team. (laughs) It's one of those shops that you just would see in Hammersmith Broadway and never ever see anybody go in. You'd never ask anybody. Oh, that's a nice jumper. Where's that from? Like oh, it's United Colors of Benetton. Yeah, I miss Benetton. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a slightly off uh, left field answer here and say what I miss is I actually miss um, any era where tobacco and alcohol. Um, decorated the cars. Rothmans and Marlborough oh, are big time. They got rid of uh, smoking and alcohol advertising in in the races, but now every company just hides behind these like these hidden brands that are essentially the same thing. Mission Winnow, things like that. And also, everyone still smokes and drinks. So I just let's just bring it back, please. Also, now every team is sponsored by like uh, Estrella, like zero point zero booze. 
So you're still managing yeah. to get the company kind of like advertised, like they're all. I actually did once get stopped by the police uh, when I didn't drink, and I had Beck's Blue in the footwell, but like about forty of them, and they looked, they couldn't see the blue on it, so they just they imme- they got me out the car immediately and went like breathalyzed me. It was so sort of horrible to me. Uh, <laughs> okay, well that's it for our Emiliano Romano preview. We'll be back after the race next week. Please join us. Please, will you like and subscribe the podcast on all the available platforms on which you can like and or subscribe. If you don't subscribe, subscribe. If you haven't liked, like. If you haven't left a review, then please leave a review because it helps with the algorithm. If you like the podcast, then please share the content we put out and don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms, Twitter and Instagram. Very Dirty Air is what we are called. Uh, We hope you're having a lovely day and we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Good evening. My name is Josh Weller. And my name is Alfie Brown. And this is... Dirty Air.